absolute pleasure to be here with you. And of course, I send greetings from Planet Shakers and Pastor Russell and Sam. We love you. It's like a home away from home coming here. And of course, we, we love Pastor Lysandri and Pastor Lee and Pastor Glenn and Pastor Sophie and all this magnificent team. And we're praying that Pastor Glenn and Sophie come back refreshed, yes, and ready to lead you into the next uh, stage of your journey as a church. It is really a joy and a privilege to be here with you this morning. And I cannot shake the weight of feeling like you and the church at large are about to step forward but backwards in a way, forwards into the things of God but backwards to our roots, backwards to the basics of who it is to be spirit-filled men and women of God. And so I'm really excited to see what God does in your life. Are you ready for the Word? It is a familiar story but I am just praying and believing that God has a new message in a familiar story. 2 Kings 4 verses 1 to 7 says this, Now one of the wives of a man of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha for help, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant reverently feared the Lord, but the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves in captivity in payment for a loan. And Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have of value in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house except a small jar of olive oil. And he said, Go and borrow containers from all of your neighbours, empty containers, not just a few. Then you shall go in, shut the door behind you and your sons and pour out the oil that you have. Say, pour out into the containers and you shall set aside each one when it is full. And she left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They were bringing her the containers as she poured the oil. And when the containers were all full, she said to her son, bring another container. And he said to her, there is none left. And the oil stopped multiplying. And then she came and told the man of God and he said, go and sell the oil in the marketplace, exchange the oil for freedom and pay your debt and you and your sons can live on the rest. A powerful, incredible story. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we need you. I love you. I thank you. Your presence is already here. Will you speak to us? Will you fill us? Will you give us what we need? Will you not let us leave without being changed and transformed by your word because we're asking it? In Jesus' name. This is an incredible moment in the history of Israel. Really dark, heavy, horrible times. Thanks to evil Queen Jezebel and her husband and their descendants of of Jezebel and Ahab. Horrible time in the life of God's people. A nation that had been turned away from God and towards the worship of foreign idols. A culture that had moved so far away from the culture that God wants to create heaven on earth embracing foreign culture. The last of the God-fearing leaders, the pastors and ministers, for want of a better word, are fleeing for their lives, many of whom have been killed, which is the husband of this particular woman as a prophet. Many of the people of God are abandoning their faith and running for their lives because it was just too dangerous to be a follower in that moment. And the whole of Israel is living under an atmosphere of fear, intimidation, hopelessness and despair. And on top of that, They're in famine. On top of that, they cannot even feed their families and they're at risk of losing their own children as a legal measure for paying debt. Can you imagine the heavy burden that was on the shoulders of the woman and everybody else in the community that day? I don't know about you, but when I read this recently for the hundredth time, I suddenly thought to myself, now this this sounds really familiar. Nations that are turning away from God, leaders that are leading us away from God, cultures that are moving away from the principles of the Word of God, and all of us left with the consequences of what happens when we turn away from God. 
Maybe you've come in here with a, a burden of your own, a problem of your own, and maybe you feel like you're captive to something that you just can't get rid of, a sickness perhaps, uh, a, a medical condition, a, a finance issue, a business issue, a residue of the COVID season, whatever it is, the Bible calls it a yoke. A yoke was this big, heavy, wooden piece of equipment that they would literally put over the the neck of two oxen and then they would lock it together. There was no chance in the natural that those poor little cows could escape from the bondage of the yoke. The intention was that they walked wherever the farmer wanted them to walk. They could not walk in any other direction. They were entrapped until they were set free from the yoke. Can you see this picture? Set free from the yoke. And sooner or later, we will all find ourselves yoked into something, a problem that we just can't get free of ourselves yes has anyone experienced that where you just and everywhere um, the enemy wants us to go he we have to follow we are in captivity to this problem in our life it's so effective of the enemy because it keeps us from living in the joy and the freedom that Jesus paid a price for and here's this woman facing a future of captivity for herself and her children, but I love it. She was not having any of it. She was not going to just roll over and let the yoke fall down on her family and become captive to this situation in her life. She didn't want to go down quietly. I love that. See, as a widow, she was the lowest of low. She was the most vulnerable. There was no social relief, no relief organisations, no man to protect her, to protect her dependent children, no legal avenues, just her on herself, by herself. But let's make no mistake, this is not a, an ordinary woman. This is a, a great woman of faith. She was not helpless and hopeless and without help. She knew exactly what to do. She knew exactly where to turn. And she knew that she was not without help, that we are never without help. A woman of great faith. And today I really want to share five lessons that she teaches us today, thousands of years later that still apply to you and your life and the problems that you need breakthrough in in your life today. And I'm praying that the Holy Spirit is going to break the yoke off your neck so that you can walk out free. Lesson number one, decide who you're going to turn to first in your moment of crisis. See, when confronted with bad news, the Bible doesn't say she ran to her neighbours, to the family, to the police. She didn't go get herself a lawyer. She didn't go next door. She didn't go to the community leaders. She went straight to the man of God. She went straight to who represented, of course, God. Straight to God. She knew where her help would come from. Who is your first port of call in a crisis? Who is the person you have turned to over this uh, two years of, of crisis, unprecedented crisis on the earth? Where was your go-to? Who was your support? Who was your help? Was it God? Because I want to challenge you as children of the most high God. Fundamentally, he must be the first, first port of call. This is what it means to honour God, to say, I'm hearing all of this advice, but you and you alone are the place of honour in my life. See, we live in a world that there is no shortage of information, right? It has been, we have been bombarded with information from all kinds of places. And yet there has never been so much confusion, chaos, disagreement, uncertainty and truth that changes from day to day, depending on who's talking to us. 
There is one who never changes. There is one who always has the solution. There is one who is always faithful no matter what. And even when he doesn't operate how we wanted him to operate, we still know that by his very nature, he is working all things together for good in our life. He has the solution for every problem that you are facing in your health, in your finances, in your family, in your business. He has the solution. Psalm 91 verse 4 says, He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you will find refuge. You know what? In order to find refuge, you have to be looking for it. It is a choice. Are you running to God or are you running to all of these other places of information in your life? I love this picture of that later. We, well, I'll read it to you now. Oh, Jerusalem, Matthew 23, 37. How often I have wanted to gather your children together like a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. This is a beautiful picture. Did you know a mother hen when there is a, a threat, like a hawk or something, and the chicks are all floating around it? She does not run around gathering her chicks. Mother hens sit down on the ground, ruffle up their feathers, call out to their chicks, and the chicks come running. This is this picture of God. I will not come running after you. I will call out to you. You must come under the shelter of my wings. That way, any threat that comes to you comes through mama, comes through dad. And this is this beautiful protection of God, but it's up to you whether you want to run under the wings or be out there on your own. What a powerful, powerful picture. Are you willing? Do you want him? Are you humble enough to know that you cannot fix these problems, that some problems go beyond human reasoning? You just need God, but the choice is yours. Decide in advance who is number one, who you're going to turn to first in your life. The second lesson she teaches us is this. Recognize your most valuable possession. First thing the prophet said is, what do you have of value in your house? And God's asking the same thing. You need me? What do you have of value? It's not that he doesn't know what you have. He knows exactly what you have. He needs you to know the value of what you have. And sometimes it takes us a little while, and I, hope, and I hope today the lights will come on for you, that what you have is the most valuable thing you could ever need and the answer to every one of your problems. God has an answer. Was it any coincidence, I don't think so, no coincidences in the Bible, that all she had was a little bit of oil. It just so happens to be that oil was the most precious commodity in its day. It was the solution to almost every human need. It was like liquid gold. It was used for cooking, for medicine, for the skin, for cosmetics, for cleaning, for um, lighting in the oil lamps for currency. It was used as money. It was used to bury the dead. It was used as a weapon, boiling oil. It was used to preserve food. It was used to perfume the environment. And most importantly, it was, it was used to anoint people for service for God. Why? Because oil is a symbol of a precious Holy Spirit. Is it any wonder, he said, what do you have? And she said, oh, just a little bit of oil. But you know what? A bit of oil is all she needed. It was the most valuable thing she could ever have. Guess what the oil does? Guess what the anointing does? It breaks the yoke. It breaks the yoke. Here she is uh, facing the possibility of a great yoke and heaviness over her life. And all she had was a little bit of Isaiah 10, 27 says, It shall come to pass in that day that the burden will be taken off your shoulders and his yoke from off your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing 
oil. Is it any coincidence that a symbol of the Holy Spirit would be used in this story to bring about not only the salvation of one little woman, but of a whole community that was eventually flooded with oil? The only criticism we have of this incredible woman of faith is that she did not recognize the value of what she had. Is it possible that you and I are underestimating the value of the oil? of the precious Holy Spirit? Is it possible that we're walking around yoked to some awful problem that could be broken off us in a moment if we could just recognise and activate the oil in our life? See, remember that when you got saved, God gave you something. Let's read it. 2 Corinthians 1.22, He has identified us as His own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as a first instalment. That guaranteed everything he promised us. Just like this woman, God made sure that when all else fails in our life, when it does not look like we have anything, that we have no solution, we would always have a little bit of a deposit of oil. At the worst moments of our life, when we feel empty and powerless, we are not without a little deposit of oil. Never without the oil on the inside of us. And of course, the oil is the precious Holy Spirit. He is a person. Do you know him? Do you love him? Are you intimate with him? Are you talking with him all through your day? I love that the Bible says the Holy Spirit is our helper. I used to think that was nice. Oh, he's help. Can you help me, Holy Spirit? Oh, yeah, I'll help you. No, no. Do you know what it means in the Greek? It means the one who forcefully snatches back what has been stolen from you. Now, he can be gentle. He can be a comforter. He can be a great support. But, oh... Get him activated and he will take forcefully back what the enemy has taken from your life. He is chafing at the bit to get out and return to you what belongs to you as sons and daughters of the Most High God. He instructs us, he empowers us, he emboldens us and he equips us. So we need to stop uh, praying aimlessly to God. Prayers like, where are you God? Can you come God? Because God is waiting for you to recognise I'm already on the inside of you. Just stand by faith and release the oil on side of you. It will snap the yoke off your neck. It will break you free from that thing that has kept you chained for many years. It will appropriate the healing power of Jesus Christ. It will access the provision that you need. It will recognize and declare the truth of God's word over your circumstances and it will snatch back what has been taken from you illegally in the kingdom of heaven. Zerubbabel was faced with this terrible task of trying to rebuild a temple from just a pile of rubble. God sent him a picture of two beautiful olive trees and and those olive trees were pouring oil into the lampstands. And here is the word in Zechariah 4.6. And then he said to me, this continuous supply of oil is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, the prince of Judah, saying, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit of whom the oil is a symbol, says the Lord of hosts. And the same word comes out to remind us today, it is not by might, It is not by power. It is not by somebody's word, somebody's advice, a diagnosis over our lives, the bank balance. It is not by any of those things, but by the Spirit of the Lord that we break free from the yokes over our lives. There are some moments in our lives where human solutions are impossible. And God is reminding you that when human solutions fail, that's when the oil gets to work. That's when the oil starts to do its best work. In fact, until you get to the end of yourself and the end of the human solutions in your life, the oil will never be activated. 
And just like the oil that was so precious in the time of this woman in the community, the same oil, the same precious Holy Spirit soothes and heals and purifies and softens the heart and comforts and provides and cleanses and lights the path and sanctifies and defends all the same things that the oil used to do. He is the companion, the comforter, the teacher, the guide, the one who convicts us of sin, the intercessor, the counselor, the helper, the healer, the advocate, the sanctifier, the gift giver, the fruit grower. He is everything you need for every situation in your life and he is already inside of you what do you need from him today is it time to get reacquainted with the oil when was the last time you talked to the holy spirit how well do you know him or have you like most of us neglected the oil like the foolish virgins in Matthew 25. And at the moment of their greatest needs, they were scampering around trying to access the oil because we let it grow dry. Number three, always be looking for empty vessels. After the woman found her oil, Elisha decided, uh, instructed her to go and find as many empty vessels as she could. Are you so focused? And am I so focused on the little empty vessel that we have, this little problem that we have that we're no longer starting to see the empty vessels that are all around us in our own homes, our spouses, our children, our families, in our workplaces, even in the community of the church. Everywhere you look, empty vessels that need the oil that is inside of you. The miracle only flowed as long as she was looking for empty vessels. And as soon as there were no more, the miracle stopped. Maybe your miracle will come when we take our mind of our own lack and start to activate the flow into other people's lives. Are we living like powerless Christians only by name or are we walking around with the oil administrating the power and authority of Jesus Christ to everyone we meet? Are we believing for too little? Just enough to survive in our own family. Just enough to get our own marriage together. Just enough to pay the bills. Or are we thinking, oh God, I need more than just me. I need the oil to flow. I want to touch people's lives. I want to be a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to be a minister of the oil. 1 Corinthians 10, 24, it says, We should stop looking out for our own interests and instead focus on the people living and breathing around us. There is no shortage of empty vessels. Everywhere you look, perhaps it's time we shifted our focus just for a moment off what is a problem in our life and onto the needs around us. We will never know the full extent of the miracle that is waiting for us until we stop fixating on our own emptiness and open our eyes to the need that's all around us. The fourth lesson that she teaches us is you have to do the pouring. The prophet didn't come in and do the miracle for her. Your pastor, your leader, your spouse can't do the miracle for you. It requires a step of faith. You have Every miracle of God requires a step of faith. This is the hard part, but often it's just a little thing God is asking from you. But like a key in the door, it, it, it releases the miracle in your life. See, the concept of pouring out was commonly used in Scripture to discuss the Holy Spirit. In Isaiah, I will pour out my spirit on your offspring. In Joel, and it came about after this that I shall pour out my spirit on mankind. And in Acts, the circumcised believers came together with Peter, Peter and were amazed because they 
gift of the Spirit had been poured out on even the Gentiles. You see, the Spirit was, does his best work when he's poured out, not when he remains dormant inside of you, waiting to be activated and to partner with you to do miracles from God. He was never meant to do that. He was meant to flow not only through uh, in you, but through you to touch a whole community. But you have to release him. You have to partner with him. You have to uh, step out in faith with him. And this is the hardest part. But you know what? It's just serving. Jesus just served. And as he served, the spirit was poured out and the miracles came. How can you serve the people around you? How can you go home today and serve your spouse, your child, your work colleagues? It's just about serving. Fear is the only thing that holds us back from being activated into a powerful walk with Jesus Christ. But again, we'll never know what's on the other side of a little step of obedience. This is your moment. Empty vessels all around us like we have never seen before. People walking around in our community with heavy yokes that you have the power to break in just one moment. And the final lesson she teaches us is this. You've got to flood the marketplace with oil. The last thing he said was take the overflow into the marketplace and sell it. See, the miracle was never intended just to remain in her own home and in her own life. God is much bigger than that. Much bigger than that. Here we are praying for a little need in our own life, but he wants to minister so much more than that. He wants to pour it out of your life and into the marketplace. Whenever you hear the marketplace spoken of, it speaks of influence, your specific place of influence, that school, that workplace, in your family, in your wherever it is, in your community, your little slice of the world is the marketplace. And God is saying, take the oil that I put inside of you into the marketplace, not just into your home. Let's not be those Christians that come boldly into the house of God and worship Him and celebrate our Christianity and then close the doors of our house and keep the oil on the inside. It starts with the people that you alone can touch, that God has planted you amongst a certain group of people. You have the solution to their need. Just begin to serve. Just begin to serve and God will do the rest. And I believe, musicians, you can come. I believe that we are entering a season where God is going to use ordinary men and women of God, full of integrity, full of purpose, full of faith, that are going to begin to flood the marketplace with oil. We need you who work in the medical industry to get very big yokes of a great number of people by coming up with solutions and and medical uh, breakthroughs. We need you in the business realm to make lots of money for the building of the church and breakthroughs in the area of business that will break off the yoke from the starving nations of this world. We need everybody in their sphere of influence to carry the oil in there and start breaking off the yokes. If you don't do it, who will? The Holy Spirit is saying, I am here and I'm ready to partner with you. But you've got to be willing. You've got to be willing to do something great for God, willing to be the salt and the light of the world. Paul put it this way, he said in 2 Timothy. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. Are you willing to be poured out as an offering to God? Are you willing to die a little bit to yourself and your own personal needs so that the Spirit can be poured out to people all around you? You know that God will tend to your need. He is faithful. 
if you will just put your eyes on the needs of others, this free will act of worship. It was called a drink offering because it, it was symbolic of quenching something of God's thirst. I don't know about you, but I want to live my life in such a way that it quenches something of God's thirst. And what this season has done more than ever before is caused us to look inwardly, look at surviving, look at just getting by, just holding my family together, just making ends meet. We have got to break out of that and remember the power that lies on the inside of us. Your community, your family, your relatives, your workplace, they are desperate for the oil that is inside of you. So here's the thing. You are the answer to your own problem. You already have it inside of you. Don't be looking to anybody else, but I want you to begin to look to in, inwardly and say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, I partner with you. Holy Spirit, what is the solution? What do you want me to do? What do I need to do? Who do I need to speak to? What was the answer in this person's life? What can I give? How can I serve? Holy Spirit, I want to partner with you. The answer is inside of you already. Not only for your own problem, but for the problems of many others Around you, He is a priceless gift. He is to be poured out. Do you understand the value of the little bit of oil that you have? Let's not be saying, I have nothing. Oh, you have everything. Everything you could ever need. And just like when you were baptised in the Holy Spirit and you had to take a little step of faith and begin to speak and then the Spirit began to flow. Do you remember that? so too the little bit of oil is going to turn into a torrent of oil if you just partner with Him and release Him in your life. So why don't you stand with me today?